Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Today we get an opportunity to juxtapose two things. As we have been going through the liturgy, we have arrived at the Lord's Prayer, which we are sitting upon for several weeks to look at, examine, and chew on because of its import in the life of the Orthodox Church. And today we celebrate the Holy Fathers of the Seven Ecumenical Councils. Throughout the year, we have these Sundays where the church reminds itself of the various ecumenical councils and what they said and why they are important. The readings and the hymns are always the same. And one of the interesting little blurbs from today's gospel reading is a quote from our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. He says to his disciples, Truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not a yota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, for those of us who are aware that we are no longer sacrificing various animals at the altar, we are not having to do all these purification rituals or do all of these things that are written in the law, this may sound quite strange. And there is this need for us to understand this quote in context of the seven ecumenical councils. Now to do that, we need to understand what the seven ecumenical councils were all about. In the history of the church, various heresies rose up and questioned what the church had traditionally taught about God. For example, the first ecumenical council was convened to deal with Arianism because Arius said that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were not of the same essence. They were not the same being. The Second Ecumenical Council reaffirmed the idea that the Holy Spirit was of one essence with the Father and the Son. The Seventh Ecumenical Council dealt with the idea that icons are necessary because without them it is possible to make the argument that Christ never became a human being. So therefore all of these ecumenical councils are dealing with answering the question, who is God? Now if you strip away all of the various genres that exist in the Old Testament. If you strip away the idea of the histories, the strip away of the idea of the apocalyptic literature, if you strip away the wisdom books, the, the Psalms, and you say, what is the common running theme throughout the entire Old Testament, throughout the law? All of it answers the question, who is God? That was the purpose of the law, to reveal to us who God is and what our relationship to him is. If you look at the Ten Commandments, you have commandments that describe to us who God is, and you have commandments that describe to us who we are in relationship to him and other human beings. 
So the whole Old Testament answers that question, who is God, in the same way that the seven ecumenical councils answer the question, who is God? And therefore, today we get an opportunity to meditate upon the Lord's Prayer as an answer to the question, who is God? Because unless we believe in a Trinitarian God that is one in essence and in three persons, the Lord's Prayer does not make any sense. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Somewhere in the world, every single day of the year, there is a divine liturgy being held by the Orthodox Church. And of course, in that divine liturgy, someone has offered bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us to this day the bare necessities of what sustains us, our life and our hope. And of course, in context of the divine liturgy, that bread becomes the body of Christ. So therefore, we cannot say this prayer without an understanding that God is both Father and Son. In, in addition, we cannot say this prayer without the understanding that that bread becomes the body of Christ through the descent of the Holy Spirit. So God must be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if these three persons are not of one essence, again, we cannot do this prayer. Because if the Holy Spirit is not of one essence with the Father, and the Son, how is it possible for it to descend upon these gifts here set forth and make that bread into the body of Christ? If Christ is not of one essence with the Father, what good does it do us to partake of Him? If He is a creature, even a divine creature, we are uniting ourselves to something that has a beginning and an end, and therefore our nature cannot be transformed beyond the finite existence that we already have, because we too have a beginning and an end. Therefore, the Son must be of one essence for this whole thing to make sense. We must understand God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one essence and in three persons in order for the Lord's Prayer to make any sense at all. And this goes further even when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and protect us from evil. He's the only person, the only being that can remit sins that can remove sin is God. And the mechanism by which that forgiveness and remission happens is the incarnation of Christ and the partaking of His body and His blood, which again happens through the descent of the Holy Spirit. And deliver us from evil. Evil is the absence of God and the great hope that we Christians have is that we have been sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit Himself so that no matter where we go, God is with 
us so that we need not fear being separated from God. We need not fear evil because God is always with us. And again, this worldview only works if there is a Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one in essence and in three persons. The very idea that the seven ecumenical councils upheld and defended. The very same idea all of the fathers that we celebrate today stood up to the world and said, this is who God is. It is the God that Christ taught the apostles. It is the same God that the apostles taught the early church. It is the same God that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation to the present age. It is the same God that we are expected to have a relationship with. It is the same God to which we pray, our Father who art in heaven. And the beautiful thing about this prayer is that because it was given to us by the Lord himself, through the Holy Spirit, and we can only pray through the Holy Spirit, every single time we say those words, we are affirming the reality of the Trinitarian God residing in us. We bring forth a foretaste of the heavenly kingdom every time those words leave our lips. Because again, Emmanuel, God is with us. And this is the import of these words. And this is why Christ himself commanded that we pray them. Because it declares to the world the Trinitarian God. It declares to the world the incarnation of Christ. It declares to the world the descent of the Holy Spirit. It declares to the world the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we carry with us the heavenly kingdom wherever we go, because wherever God is, there is the kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, unto the ages of ages.